I tell you, I don't know how Jim does this every week because this is a lot to, uh, to kind of keep up with mentally in your head, you know, playing guitar and then swapping over and then getting your notes ready and get your, getting your mind in the, in the right place to uh, just be able to preach this message. And so uh, we're just going to go ahead and get started here this morning. If, uh, if you were with us last week, you'll remember that we started a two-part series on uh, boundaries, how to effectively uh, communicate with people and to recognize who they are uh, and their personality, how God created them to be, some of their strengths and maybe some of their weaknesses, and we try to help identify the strengths and weaknesses within ourselves as well. If you remember, we went over the parable of the Good Samaritan, and we covered right thinking, right feeling, and right doing. So right thinking is the way you, you think. Some of you are primarily thinkers, and that's where I'm at. I like to think a lot. That's where my mind goes. If I'm uh, approaching a situation, I like to read it thoroughly. I recently bought a, a tractor, a, a Ford 1952 8N uh, tractor. It's pretty sweet. I was grading my road the other day, and the wheel fell off. But um, I, uh, I bought a manual, and I've been studying this tractor manual and, and preparing my mind to be able to work on that. That's how I am, you know. A lot of people, when the tire fell off, they would get angry because maybe that's, that's where God has blessed them with the, the right, uh, you know, the right feeling, right? Maybe that's your primary focus. Whenever my wheel fell off, I, I, I laughed, and I immediately thought, um, okay, how do I fix this? You know, what, what do I need to research to be able to fix the tire falling off, right? And it wasn't just the tire. It, w- it was literally the whole wheel. The wheel fell off my tractor as I was driving my tractor. I just, I, I don't know. It, it, was, it was hilarious, but um, that's where I'm at. And some of you are, are workers. Uh, right doing is the third thing. That's what we covered. Some of you just work and work and work. What I have found is that Usually, two of those things, you'll have like a primary and a secondary, so you might be a thinker and a doer, but you're not much of a feeler. That's where I'm at. Uh, Some of you may be feelers and thinkers, but not so much of doers. Some of you may be any combination of those. But what we discussed is that, that whenever Jesus talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan, he changed the Samaritan's heart to where there was no longer a... a primary, a secondary, and a third, he changed the heart to where you have to have all three. And that's where we work in ministry. So if, if you're weak in one area, whenever you surrender to Jesus, he will begin to change your life to where you need to be. So uh, the boundary in that is how you approach people. You might have approached people the wrong way for years. You've disagreed on a way to handle things. And maybe, just maybe, you're both wrong because the approach has been wrong. Maybe you're a thinker and you're approaching a problem in the way of thinking, but maybe they're a feeler. And whenever you approach them with facts, that doesn't jive well with who they are. Now, I'm not saying that you own that like, you know, oh, that's just my weakness and that's it. You need to recognize the weakness in you and pray that God would strengthen you and work with people who will bring that out in you. And so that was last week. That was our um, boundary that we observed. That was people's personalities. This week, we are looking at a biblical approach to working with people. How many of you have ever worked with that guy? You, You know who I'm talking about. 
that guy, right? He just kind of comes into your workplace or comes into your life. Um, you, you have to work with this guy or, and by guy, I don't necessarily mean a man, like this guy or gal or, you know, whoever comes into your workplace and, and you know, it's just like fireworks every time you, you get together and, and work with them. Um, well, Scripture gives guidelines and boundaries that you set for categories of people. And I don't necessarily like putting people in the categories because I think it limits the way you think. But Scripture is very clear. We need to understand where people are coming from because you deal with people in different ways depending on where they're at. Does that make sense? You, you, you don't always deal with people the same way. And so um, some of the the things that I'm going to tell you, you may disagree with. That's okay. Uh, we can still be friends, like Pastor Jim says, but we're going we're gonna to cover this. I may be able to help you save years of your life in torment and anguish, though, if you just kind of, you know, follow along with me. Um, we have basically three, three categories, and we're going to be working with that. But first, I want to get into our first scripture. So if you would please stand with me. Uh, we're going to go to uh, the Lord's Scriptures here. It's Proverbs 9, verse 7. It says, He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself, and if you scoff, you will bear it alone. Father, may you bless the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You can have a seat. So in these three categories, I'm going to cover the easiest one to cover first, and you'll all recognize this. The first one is the wise man, the wise person. Uh, One of the ways that I'm going to talk about this is light and darkness, and so you can think of it like Jesus is the light, Jesus gives wisdom, Jesus gives insight, Jesus allows us to see things as they truly are, and so the wise person The simplest way to talk about this is whenever the light, the truth, comes to the wise person, they react to the light. They change who they are to fit the light because they recognize the light is the source of life, and the light is what guides us. And to keep this from seeming like a, uh, I keep popping into my mic. To, to keep this from seeming like this is like a personal thing, it's really not. This is, this is from Scripture here. I'm going to tell some stories in my life about some, some people who have frustrated me. Um, you see, over the past few years, I've been driving a school bus. And so I have seen um, these three areas that I'm going to talk about today on the school bus. And I'm going to give examples from each one of those to kind of make it real. And uh, you, you may laugh at this because you're familiar. I've, I've seen a few school teachers in here. I see, see people who work with kids. Um, this, this, this is supposed to be for entertainment purposes, but you'll, you'll see the higher value in it, I promise. Um, so we have different students on our bus. Uh, on my bus, I pick up two different routes. 
and I have about 90 kids that I interact with every day in the morning, every day in the evening. I know them all by name. I have learned some of their personality traits and some of the things that they do, and so I have to react to some different. The wise ones in the group, they love to learn, they love to lead, and whenever I correct them, they almost are happy about it because they fix the problem and they can be the way that they need to be. They can be perfectionists. So I have, you know, a few little ones who get on the bus and they want to be the bus leaders. Well, good deal. We, we want you to be a bus leader. And so they'll say, Kevin, what do I need to do today to be a bus leader? I'll tell them what they need to do. Then they will sit down and if they have a question, they'll come up to me, they'll approach me. So-and-so is picking his nose in the back of the bus. That, that never happens. I just made that up. That never happens on a school bus, kids picking noses. But anyways, somebody is picking their nose. What do I do? Or, hey, I, I told this kid he couldn't sit here. And I'll say, that's not your job to do that. And they'll say, okay, I won't do it again. They react to the light. They'll, they'll react to it. And in the same way, you may have experienced people like that in your workplace who um, they want to do what's best. And they're teachable because they have the Spirit of God and they want to do right by the Lord. And so we see some, this is the easiest one to cover. We see in Proverbs 9, 9, we just read that, give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. You say to these people, do you want some feedback? Yes, I would love some feedback because they're constantly monitoring who they are and what they need to do. Psalm 141, 5, I don't, I have this in here. Let, let the righteous strike me, it shall be a kindness. <laughs> That's a weird verse, right? Let, let a righteous strike me, and it shall be kindness. And let him rebuke me, it shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it, for still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. And in James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The wise person seeks the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is different from the wisdom of the world. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example of that. I was telling uh, Marvin, I don't know if, yeah, I don't see him here. I was telling Marvin about my tractor, and he told me that that tractor wasn't very good because it was a Ford. And I told him, that's worldly wisdom right there. That is not from the Spirit. Um, I love my tractor. The wheel fell off. So what? You know, I put it back on, you know, problem solved. And so that was worldly wisdom, and, you know, spiritual wisdom is how to discern uh, the things of God. Uh, the knowledge of God put into practice is, is biblical wisdom. And so uh, that's really the easy one to describe. The, the last one that we'll cover is an easy one as well. It may not set well with you, but it is an easier one to cover. The middle one is the one that we're going to spend a little bit of time on today. Uh, so we have the wise person. The next category of people that Scripture talks about is the fool. The fool. So we're talking about reacting to light. We're talking about how people do that. Um, whenever a wise person receives the light, they conform to the light. But the fool, whenever he sees the light or she sees the light, instead of them changing their heart... They attempt to change the light. You may see where this is going. They attempt to change the light. 
Is that what God really said? Are you sure we're supposed to do it like this? Well, the Word of God says this, but you can interpret it a different way if you just kind of follow along and, and cherry-pick things together and, and form them into, into one thing. Um, let me tell my bus story, and then we'll get into the Scriptures. Uh, I have um, one of the most adorable little girls on my bus. Uh, I will not name her name uh, for anonymity's sake, but she comes up, and she uh, stands right beside me, and she's like this tall, and I'm driving the bus, and she talks to me every day. And she loves to just be standing on the bus. But she's also a good girl. You know what I mean? Like, she, she's really sweet, but I'll say, okay, sis, you need, to, you need to sit down now. And she'll sit down, and then she'll, she'll find a piece of trash, and she'll walk up the aisle. I'm just throwing trash away, and then she'll come sit back down. Okay, you need, you need to have a seat, because it's dangerous to stand up on the bus. I found a jacket in the back, you know, and she's back up there. And she is just constantly right beside me because she's doing anything she can to kind of twist and bend the rules because that's what she wants to do. It's not what, uh, what the rules say. The rules are if you need to throw a piece of trash away, throw it away. And so she's using these manipulation tactics to kind of get up there and stand right beside me. Again, uh, a funny, friendly, innocent story However, how many of you have worked with people who you'll tell them a rule, uh, tell them something they need to follow, and they do everything they can to get around the rule and the instruction and try to go around you and do whatever they want to do instead of what the rules are? And that applies to Scripture. Uh, you see these people who, who may come into a church and 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 not follow the rules quite right. They're above the rules. They're beyond the rules. You see it in the workplace. You see it wherever you are at. So, the fool sees the light, and they try to change the light. You can present the wise person with problems. Problem A. Okay, let's fix it. Let's move on to problem B. Let's fix that problem. Let's move on to problem C. The fool, it's like, here's problem A. Here's problem A. Here's problem A. Here's problem A. And you just keep going back to it and back to it and back to it, and they never change because they can never accept the truth. They try to change the truth. Now, all of us have this within us. We're all stubborn, right, in different ways, and we all may have all three of these within us. Sometimes we're really wise. We're the wise person, but sometimes we act the fool and we try to circumvent the rules. And that's not okay. So each of us have these qualities within us, but it's whenever, it's whenever you kind of um, park and dwell in one of these that it becomes a real issue, right? Whenever you park and dwell in the area of the fool, that's not where you need to be. So Proverbs 9, 8, we read it already. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. You see the, the kind of the, you know, the, the battle between the two. If you begin to rebuke a fool, it's, it's not good. They, they begin to hate you. Um, Proverbs 26.4, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Do not correct a fool, fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. So, you can begin to correct these fools, in a sense, 
the way that you think that they would want to be corrected, and then you yourself begin to be contaminated. Uh, you see it a lot if they're, if they're gossiping. You might try to gossip to, to put out all the fires, that sort of thing, but uh, that doesn't work. You can't answer a fool according to his own folly, or else you will be just like him. And like I said, we all have different parts of this. We all have the fool within us. We all are capable of doing these things. So what you need to do is to really be able to limit your exposure to what, what they're trying to tell you. You need to limit your exposure, and then you need to meet them where they're at. Okay, uh, we've had problem A, problem A, problem A. I feel, I feel hopeless in this situation because you have not changed anything. And one of the quotes I've heard, it's hard to fix a problem that's not in the room. If you're always talking about A and it's everybody else's fault, the problem's not in the room anymore. You've, you've suddenly moved it away. And so the approach is limit your exposure there, set clear boundaries, ask them, okay, this, this is an issue. This is an area that needs fixed. So how do I need to communicate to you that it needs fixed? And, and if you break that rule again, what are we going to do about it? So the, the sweet little girl on the bus, she comes up. No, all right, sit down, sweetie. She comes up. I got to throw something away. I got I to gotta bring a jacket up. Uh, somebody left a pencil. Can I have it? Somebody, it's always something. So what I had to do was I had to literally stop the bus. I looked at her and I said, sweetie, I love that you're up here and you love to talk to me. However, it is not safe for you to stand while the bus is moving. So I need you to sit down. And if you really need something, you can come up and talk to me. I will even, whenever we're in the bus line, you can stand here and talk to me all you want. But I need you to sit down. And if you walk up and down the aisles, what what do you think I need to do? Well, you know, you just need to tell me and I'll sit back down. Okay, so what happens if I don't do that? I don't, maybe I'll have to sit in the front. See, she came up with her own rules. She knows and so, the next time it happened, she comes up, she's talking to me, sis, you need to sit down. Now we went from problem A to problem B, right? And now we're back in the loop. So, it's good. It's like, it, it's a good thing. It's a good process. You have to meet them right where they're at. Uh, but sometimes that's not the case, and you need to limit your exposure. If you begin to correct them and they never leave problem A, um, problem A is their problem, <laughs> It doesn't have to continue to be your problem. Uh, so clear follow-through, that's, that's what we need. And then the third and final one is the evil person. A lot of people, including myself, don't like to think that there are evil people just for the sake of evil. Uh, but they seem to be uh, demonically possessed at times where they have destruction in their hearts. Everywhere they go, they just destroy everything. This is a different type of person. Uh, even Jesus, whenever he sent the 70 out, if they walked into a town and uh, they tried to find a place to stay to witness and they rebuked the disciples from coming in, he said to shake the dust off your feet and leave that town. It'll be better for, uh, if it was Sodom and Gomorrah than this town, the, the judgment that will come upon them. They intentionally set out to inflict pain. You see, it's different from the fool. The fool is just 
not using biblical wisdom. The evil person is intentionally being divisive. Intentionally being divisive. Have you ever met somebody like that who just comes in to wreck whatever it is that they're a part of? And we need to be careful that we don't miscategorize somebody because this is just kind of a guide, but something to watch out for. But Titus 3.10 says this, Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition. Somebody comes in and just, boom, divides a church, divides a ministry, divides a job site, divides uh, a school, divides a school bus, then you need to talk to them and you need to um, have some clear consequences. I have one uh, a, a story from the bus about this. I'm not saying this kid is evil. That would be wrong of me to say, right? However, <laughs> he came on my bus one day, sat down, and he was already in trouble, so I said, you need to sit in seat one because you have to have very clear boundaries with people especially if they're being divisive. I have a kid walk through. He walked back. So-and-so threw dirt at me. Where in the world did he get dirt? So I looked. He had a handful of dirt in his hand. So I said, so-and-so, throw the dirt away. So he walks through the trash can, throws the dirt away, comes back. Another person comes through. So-and-so threw dirt on me. I'm like, where is he getting all this dirt? Like, so I saw him. He had, his, he had his hand in his pocket like this. He had a pocket full of dirt. Not like a little bit of dirt, like a pocket full of dirt. And I said, if you put your hand in your pocket again, I'm going to turn the bus around and go back to the principal, and your parents going to have to come pick you up. Well, I can't have my hand in my pocket? <laughs> well, no, because you have a handful of dirt in your pocket. And so the bus ride home, he had his hand on the top of his pocket, I made him clean up the dirt because he had dirt everywhere, and he had his hand on his pocket, and I'm, I'm still driving, and he's positioned himself in the seat. I don't know if I can do it without, like, tearing up my mic, but he's like, he's like, you know, like this, trying to get the dirt out of his pocket without putting his hand in his pocket. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, whenever I get to your stop, I'm going to talk to your parents and you're going to have some consequences. And this, he dead eye looked at me in the eyes, and he said, I don't have consequences at my house. I mean, what, what do you do at that point? Now, this is an innocent child, so they don't have power over me in that sense, right? They're, they're, they're children, so I can, I can take them back to school, and they can be punished, you know, with detention or timeout or whatever needs to happen. What happens if it's somebody in the church who looks at you like that? What happens if it's somebody in your workplace who just looks at you and is intentionally divisive? Because there are people who, who do that. Uh, we have encountered people over the years, and, and it was um, my wife carried around pepper spray for a time because it was a dangerous thing. You cannot engage with people like that after a time. You have to shake the dust from your feet. The book of Jude um, tells all about people like this, um, and we'll, be, we'll close with these scriptures. Jude, verse 4, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. 
ungodly men who turn the grace of our Lord into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Likewise, these dreamers, they'll defile the flesh, they reject authority, and they speak evil of dignitaries. Verse 10. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, and these things, they corrupt themselves. You can read the full, it's just one chapter, the whole book of Jude. This talks about this all over the place. Verse 19. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. Are they a fool or are they evil? Do I need to run the other way and hide from this person because they are going to divide me? Or are they just not seeking out biblical wisdom? And on some having compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Don't allow someone's personality or someone being a fool or an evil person destroy the ministry that God has called you to. Wherever God has called you to in life, don't allow him to distract you from his true calling. Because he has something more important for you. He has something bigger than this. And you need to submit to the Lord, and you just need to keep growing in your wisdom. Read the book of Proverbs, read the book of Jude, and allow him to reshape who you are. Set very clear boundaries. And understand that sometimes a person's not evil because they did you wrong. Sometimes a person's not a fool. Maybe you have been the fool and not corrected yourself. You can only be responsible for your own spiritual walk, but you can also be able to understand where people are coming from and set very clear and to be able to understand who they are and who God called them to be. And ultimately, as a church, we need to be building one another up. We need to be correcting whenever things are going wrong, and we need to be praying for one another and, and seeking the Lord's will above everyone else's. If you have questions, comments, concerns, accusations of gross negligence on my part, you can see me afterwards, but uh, we're going to go ahead and stand and go to the Lord, uh, and, and the altar is going to be open during this time. Uh, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, uh, we're thankful for the truth of your word. Lord, um, it, it hurts at times to read and understand and know that, that, that you're correcting us. And Lord, correction doesn't come easy. I know in my life, speaking personally, correction doesn't come easy because I'm that perfectionist type. I like to make sure everything is correct and I like to make sure that my way is the right way because I'm following who you are. But sometimes, Lord, I get in the way of myself and you have to correct me and it hurts for a time. Lord, on the other side of that, whenever I am corrected and I am in the right standing, I have a sense of peace that is beyond anything that I could ever think or imagine or wonder. And Father, I know that in a crowd this size, that there's a lot of people who 
who haven't experienced you and the fullness of your love. And so, Father, I pray that right now they'd experience that peace, that passion for you, and just that renewed sense of a life found with you. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just move among us here. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.